welcome to the interesting podcast episode number 85 this episode is a man of many voices a man who's read more books than probably everyone you know combined jonathan davis i uh i like to think that like jonathan davis mark thompson january lavoy uh you know all those all those amazing amazing voiceover artists that do the audiobooks they're like the audio avengers you know uh so i don't know who jonathan would be um but he's great He's so awesome. So much fun to talk to. Uh, we talked about how he uh, he actually knows where I live. I mean, not where I live, but like, you know, he knows Naples, which is always fun. Um, we talk about Randall Dukim, actually, and we get into uh, him living in Puerto Rico, different accents that he can do. He's done some amazing stuff in voiceover, not just audiobooks, just amazing stuff in general, and he's got some great stories about that. We also talk about uh, Max Payne. He worked on Max Payne and uh, talked about doing motion capture for Max Payne 3 and some really funny stories with that. Uh, and then, guys, he's read like a thousand audiobooks. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, there's a number, and it's a thousand. That's an insa- insane. Uh, we talk about how he got into audiobooks and the different techniques for different voiceover things that he's done. Um, totally forgot to mention, he won an Audi Award. Uh, so congrats, John, if you're listening to this, uh, for real, um, we get into the different audiobooks, his favorites, uh, regimens, things like that, that he used to do, but now he's got it on lock. Um, he's just fun. He was super cool. He's got great advice, uh, for people who want to get into voiceover and stuff. Uh, we talk about Master and Apprentice, cause you guys know I'm a Qui-Gon fan and Jonathan Davis does Qui-Gon's voice, uh, in Dooku Lost. So all kinds of great stuff. Great, great dude. Super talented. Really fun to chat with. So without further ado, here is The Interesting Podcast, episode number 85 with Jonathan Davis. Theme song time. I'm in Florida. Where are you? Oh, well, I'm in Jersey. Oh, really? What part? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm kind of I'm kind of located uh, closer to Pennsylvania. I'm kind of right in the center. Gotcha. But a gotcha. little closer to Philadelphia than to New York. But I but I go to New York, you know, almost all the time. Sure. I'm working from home. That makes um, sense. And where are you in Florida? Uh, Naples. Oh, which... okay, great. Yeah, I I I went to I went to high school and to college in Miami. Oh, dude, that's right yeah, over there. Yeah. So you, yeah, know, so you I, know where I, it I is. Yeah, I know Florida <laughs> quite well. Although, yeah, I, I spent most of my time on the Atlantic coast. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm in Miami yeah. all the time for work. So, hey, look at that. Oh, wow. Oh, we do, wow. We both travel for work stuff. <laughs> hey, hey. But fun stuff, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. I was just in Jersey, actually, in oh. end of March. I flew into Newark, and I stayed mm-hmm. in uh, Parsippany. To okay. see a play in Hackettstown because I don't like convenience. <laughs> Two, a play in Hackettstown. Yeah, yeah. There's a Next. there's a buddy of mine who uh he actually previous guest on the show. Uh, his name's okay. Randall Duke Kim. 
He was sure, um, sure, yeah, I know yeah. Randall Duckett. Yeah, Randall's yeah. awesome, and he so he was on the show a while ago, and we hit it off so well that he invited me up to a play, and I was like, well, in Hackettstown. I'm just surprised it was in Hackettstown. That's yeah, all. him, him and his wife run uh, like a theater company there. So really? They, that, yeah. That's where they live. They live in they, Hackettstown. They live in Morristown. In Morristown, sure. Which is like the same thing. <laughs> but like, but more, Morristown is a really nice town. Yes. Yeah. yeah Hackettstown yeah. is a tiny little exact, one street yeah. thing. We, yeah. had to, we had to kill time, my <laughs> wife and I. And we're like, um, let's walk down this road, I guess. He's a fine actor. Oh, He's my been, I mean, God, oh, he has such dude. a reputation just as a theater actor before he, you know, went into film. He, uh, yeah. Wow. So they did a, they did a, an Ibsen play, Enemy of the People. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it was, without a doubt, the craziest, most, like, amazing play I've ever seen. And to see someone what? like Randall, you know, who's been a professional theater actor for like 50 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I was telling someone the other day that, like, I've been to a lot of plays, and when you're when you're sitting in a play, there's like a cognitive dissonance where you're like, I'm in a play. I'm watching people on stage. They're doing a thing. I'm sitting in a thing. And you're invested, but you still are kind of like spatial awareness, you know, uh, yeah. at least in my experience. But this time, I don't know if it was the play, if it was Randall, if it was the combination, but my wife and I were so invested that we're like, what is going to happen to this guy? And it was like watching real life happen. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love crazy. when that happens. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, man. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I love when that, when that, I, I, that's happened to me, not, not as often, but, but definitely a few times. I remember one specific experience where, you know, it was, it was just Shakespeare. It was some, it was a classic play. Yeah. And I know what happens to the characters, but the interpretation was so wild that I actually went, Oh my God, is he going to kill him? <laughs> what? What's going to happen? What, I, I was really in suspense. I bet. You know, kind of like what you're, what you're describing in yeah. a way. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. nuts that, like, that can happen? Yeah, that, that's pretty fun. That's kind of, that's a great experience. Yeah, that's that, when you know theater's really working. That's right. Know? Now we have to chase that high. Yeah. What we're in now. <laughs> we're just going to go to all the plays now just in case. We're going to find that is experience. That, is, do you do that often? Do you go? Uh, uh, do you not s- a whole lot, actually, because the, the fun thing about Naples is it's the home of the newlywed and the nearly dead. Uh, so, <laughs> so there's not there's not a whole lot going on here. Um, is is Jungle Larry still there? Yes, it is. It is. Wow, that's <laughs> I cannot believe you just made a Naples reference. That's home a first. of the Tiglon. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. There's there's a, there's a couple things to do here. Or the Liger. I don't you know, know what it was. It was something like that. It's some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's cool? So I I have this new thing now where so Bonita Springs. You know, like mm-hmm. 20 minutes north of Naples, there's a place called Wonder Gardens, and it's become oh, like I don't know that dude. If you ever come back down, you let me know. It's just, okay. it's it's my new tell when anyone's like, "Hey, I'm coming down." I'm like, cool, we're going to Wonder Gardens. It's like this mini zoo where you go in and you get this. You you pay for this like bags of food, and then they have like alligators, flamingos, peacocks, all this stuff, and you just feed them. Oh, I it's like that. It's so cool. And the flamingos aren't in a cage. They're just walking yeah. around. So you're like, what? Yeah. So you can like hand feed flamingos. It's nuts. Yeah. It's yeah. Really, it's really cool. So I take people there now. I'm like, hey. The other place, it's it's a little north of where you are, but um, Crystal River, have you ever been there? Yeah. Dude. For the, the manatees. Yep. For, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I love 
that's that's something uh you know in that region that i that i that's special that i that i that i've done that i that i always recommend to people agreed agreed you know, we got some yeah. we got some fun things done here we got alligators everywhere of course so that's of cool, course you know of course. It's, it's funny talking to someone who's like never been to Florida and they're like, are there really alligators? You're like, yeah, but they're not. Are a you deal. kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> and people are afraid to, of I them. To, when I went to class at U of M, I went to University of Miami and I used to just walking to class, there were gators. Yeah, they're just you on know, the side of the road. just sunning themselves. Yep. You know, yeah. Yep. They didn't bother, they don't bother you. No. I, yeah. I have this thing where like, I'm terrified of snakes. So I just like <laughs> I I convince myself it's okay because I'm like Indiana Jones is afraid of snakes so hey you know of that course bad. there you go but I've yeah. never been afraid of alligators because you can hold their mouth shut with your hands in theory <laughs> well <laughs> in theory well <laughs> I mean if you get them on the wrong day and you happen to have a roll of electrical tape you've got the upper hand you know yeah. <laughs> but but I mean granted if they get a hold of you. It's no, over. yeah, I wouldn't want to be near a bull alligator. No, you know, especially during right. mating season. Yeah, yeah. I saw one run on the water once. It was one of run. The, yeah, dude, it was one of the craziest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. It was like this thing where it, it was a halfway along Alligator Alley. They had this like stop where you can go and you mm-hmm. know look at the gators do their thing. Sure. And we go down this boardwalk, and there's this crane there, and it's eating a baby alligator, trying to choke it down, like that cartoon uh-huh. of the frog, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. And we're like, what is happening? And it's just choking it down for like a, a good 30, 45 seconds. And then we just hear this kind of croaking from the corner. And the mother comes around and runs on the water for a couple feet at the crane. And it got away. Oh, it, it did get away. It got away. It got away. But, but she like, was Sheesh. she was ticked off enough to yeah. actually do that. It was nuts. I was like, I've never seen one move that fast before. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. So wait, are you <laughs> are you from Florida or you just went to school there? Uh, well, I, I'm I'm essentially a, I'm a I was born in New York. Okay. And my family are mainly New Yorkers, but I was raised in the Caribbean. Oh, I moved to what? the Caribbean when I was very young. Really? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in the Caribbean. I, then I moved to Florida when I was about fifteen. Gotcha. And so that's it's a good age. And, yeah, and so I did high school and college, and then after that, I went to Atlanta. I lived in Atlanta for for about a decade. Nice. And and then went back to New York. So then then I've been in the tri-state area since. Sure. Yeah. So. Man. What part of the Caribbean? And, uh, Puerto Rico mainly. Oh, yeah. dude, I love Puerto Rico. Yeah. yeah I've so been I, a couple I'm, times. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm fluent in Spanish, and I my parents are. I mean, I I'm not we're not Latino, but sure. I, I identify myself. with with Puerto Rico because that's where I was raised. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. I, I did an audiobook um for Ricky Martin. What? He he was well it was his autobiography. Sweet. And he couldn't do it for some reason. He his schedule was off. So they hired me because the producers knew my background. Mm-hmm. But when they heard my name, when when Ricky heard about my name he was like jonathan davis that doesn't sound you know are you sure you know sure. so they wanted to vet me so they put me on the phone with him and within two minutes you know i was talking we were just chatting and he was like oh okay dude yeah you know you know puerto rico you know he it was just like what we were doing i just i just talked told them what schools i went to and we spoke in spanish with each other and we're both you know i mean i have a puerto rican dialect when i speak spanish Dude. And we, we, yeah, that was it. <laughs> did you have to do a Ricky Martin impression? No, I didn't do it for him. No, but it's funny because I did a Carlos Santana. It was the same thing. Carlos oh, sweet. Santana, I did an audiobook, and he couldn't he couldn't complete it. 
So he did the he kind of did bookends, and I did the 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 kind of the substantial portion of it. Yeah. In that in that case, I did listen to him. You know, we spoke, and I listened to him, and then I was able to kind of you know, I didn't go over the top, but I tried to be as close to his his tone as I could. Sure. You know, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Not, I feel like you don't get a lot of people with those kind of stories. And like, <laughs> I had to audition for Ricky Martin over the phone. He's like, "Oh yeah, no, no. You're, you're Puerto Rican enough." And you're like, "No, oh, exactly. cool." <laughs> you had to prove your Puerto Ricanness. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, I have, I have tons of stories, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's so cool. Yes. Here's my. I'll tell you my favorite. Let, let me hear quick. it. Let's Unless you want to have this on air, I don't know. <laughs> oh, dude, this is all. Or are we on air already? I, don't I mean, know what we're doing. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> this is literally the show. It's just chatting about whatever. I like to oh, get cool. to know people. Yeah, yeah. It's well, I just, uh, I, uh, so, cause, you know, I do, I do, I've been in voice. I, how I started out, I was an actor and I was doing theater and, and film and things. And then I kind of segued into voiceover. Yeah. Because it really is a, a part of the medium or a part of, of acting that, you know, can really, it's just a, it, it helps pay the bills and it can become a lucrative profession. And when I was, I was a voiceover actor in Atlanta and I moved to New York and I started doing VO and I, I did all, you know, VO has so many different facets. There's commercials, there's promos, there's animation, there's industrial work. And then there's audiobooks. and audiobooks was a very, it was very new at the time. Or something that was very, it was such a niche that it wasn't popular at all. This is back when it was cassettes and they used to abridge everything. A lot of the Star Wars were abridged and they really kind of, I know a lot of the fans hate it. (laughs) You know, really don't like the abridged version. Where's the rest of it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But back then it was popular, you know, to have the abridged versions. Sure. Um, So that's kind of how I started then through I got I started doing audiobooks and I auditioned and then I just got hooked on it and I started getting hired and then my first big project was uh Snow Crash. Do you know that's that Snow book at all? Crash. That's um oh what's his name? The the author. Neil Stevenson? Neil Stevenson. Yeah, that book's huge. It's if yeah, it's and it's a great audiobook to Kevin Thompson who produces all the Star Wars productions. Yeah. You should speak to him sometime too, if you, if you can. Dude, yes. He um, he uh, produced Snow Crash, and that's actually so. What we did with that, and a few other projects too, is that he has a binaural mic. Oh. Which, have you seen these? No. It, it looks like a. It's a microphone, and it looks like a human head. Oh, sweet! And <laughs> what you do is at any anywhere that you you know that you are speaking into it. If you speak from whatever angle of the head the sound when you're listening to it sounds like it's coming from that direction oh so it's, that's it's cool. really cool it's a really cool um it, it's great for doing effects and sometimes he uses that when we do star wars but mostly i think a couple of times he's done it um but but snow crash was done using that microphone and from there he called me into audition for star wars nice. uh, and then i got i started doing it and then um and then he then he got Mark Thompson, and then after Mark, he started getting a few a few other people, and now it's a pretty it's a it's a great group of folk that kind of are involved with it. Um, January yeah. Lavoy and uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Davis, and now there's Saskia Marvel Marleveld and a, a, bu- a bunch of other people, Sean Cannon, 
that he just keeps on bringing people in that are really good and that are really great for certain projects. So what we do usually is that it, it was different, different in the beginning and it, and it keeps on merging in, in terms of what he chooses for the productions, but we kind of, he kind of fits the, the, the style of the story and the characters that may suit them to the, to, to the narrator. That's cool. Mark, Mark is wonderful, like doing Luke, and he's, he's, he does a great impression of Han, and he yeah. loves that character. So he's so good at, so, and he, he tended, I tended to, at some point, I would get a lot of the Sith stories. Yep. Or the darker stories, like the Dark Bane trilogy, which is yep. one of my favorites. Oh, I'm um, familiar with your work. It's funny talking or, or, to you in my ear now because I've listened to so many of your, your audiobooks that I'm like, you're not saying book words right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's great. And it's great. Or just, you know, then, and then there are other characters, somebody who's doing the Leia, or if they choose stories for Ray. Yeah. Or, um, uh, what was, um, oh, Gene uh, Urso. Yep. Uh, you know, wh whoever it may be, you know, they try. He tries to to find somebody that's suitable for for those roles. So they just did Dooku, so they brought you and Morton to do that. Yep. And he did Tarkin also. Um, and he's a he did a I think there was yeah the the audiobook Tarkin and he also did that. And then when they did Plagueis, they brought Daniel Davis in. So he it's he's just really great at casting the right folk for the for the right projects. Sure, sure. Yeah. Your first audiobook was Snow Crash? That was my very, well, it, not, that was my first kind of popular book. Mm -hmm. um, my very first book, <laughs> I've told people, so my very first book, I actually lost the job. I, it was Grisham. It was John a John Grisham oh. book, and, and he had to approve it. Oh, so no. So it was a big, but it was my very first project. And I wasn't used to doing audiobooks because audiobooks versus other voiceover work, well, you know, other voice, if you do documentaries, that's like an hour of work. If you oh. do animation, <laughs> you're talking about an hour. You know, sure. commercials, ob ob obviously, it, you can be in the studio for 10 minutes doing a commercial and then go home. Yeah. Know? But an audiobook, you know, you're there nine to five and it can be a week to more. Yeah. So I wasn't prepared for that. And, and a big <laughs> mistake I did was I, uh, for the for the main character, oh, no. usually when you do when you're doing audiobooks, I'm, I'm not talking about Star Wars per se, but just sure. when you're doing specific audiobooks, you should do if whoever the lead is, don't go crazy in doing a character voice because you're going to be in there for hours. Oh. So if you're doing that something that really strains your voice, yeah, if you're doing something right, you know, and if that's what you're, you know, or if you're doing like, you know, so that in this one it was. He was supposed to be like a nonagenarian, and I was doing some really extreme kind of, you know, <laughs> For the voice. And I lost my voice within two days. Oh, I, no. I, I, I lost my voice, and they had to replace me. And it was terrible. I felt terrible. But that was a big that was a big lesson. You know, they say if you if you're going into voice, and if you're going to audiobooks, if you're voiceover and you want to do audiobooks. What they, you know, a, a big lesson. First thing is that whoever your your main character is, whoever has the most, if it's first person, sure, you, you don't want to take pick something extreme because it's going to really wreak havoc on you. You want to pick something pretty neutral. Man, that makes know. a lot of sense. I never would have thought yeah. about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> neither did you at the beginning, I guess. <laughs> and then this is this is the story I was going to tell you originally. This is the the best story about with dealing with audiobooks, and it's, and everybody has their stories too. Of course, of course. 
Um, but I get an, a call from my agent and uh, I got on the phone and she goes, you're not going to believe this, but Francis Ford Coppola wants to meet with you. What? And I, 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 I just, yeah, exactly. That's, that was my response. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? And she goes, I said, what is this about? What, uh, what is this? And he says, well, it has to do with your, with your voiceover work, with your narration. And I, I was shocked, and somebody had recommended him to me. Uh, a producer had heard my work on audiobooks and or on Audible, wow. and uh, in, invited me to 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 come see him, you know, to, to meet him and audition for him. And I did, and then I, I got hired. And Whew. we did a special project. It was a, a kind of he was testing out uh, something that he was working on. And he hired all these actors to do like a, a read through, but he wanted somebody to to also narrate because there was a lot of of expositional stuff that wasn't dialogue. And he wanted somebody to cover that. Oh. And so I was the person like if there was an action scene or if there was something environmental, mm -hmm. he wanted somebody that can bring that to life. And he wanted to hear what it sounded like because he was he was working on it and all the other actors was i was sitting next to edie falco and oscar isaac this what? is right before right before force awakens dude i remember like days later i saw the big photograph when they had their big read through <laughs> you're like force wait awakens. a second and i just worked with him yeah <laughs> it was a great it was a great group of people dude um, yeah jennifer ely and this is like right when she was yeah. she was supposed to be in game of thrones if you know the story right right she was supposed to be catelyn stark and so she was, you know, this is right around that time period. And actually, the the day after we did it, uh, Gandolfini passed away. Oh, so I had man. just worked with Edie Falco. So it, it was so strange, you know, just to see all the, 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 the arcs of all these folk of what they were going through, you know, right after that. Yeah. You know, You're at that, that nexus that, point that in time. Reading. Yeah. <laughs> man. Anyway, so that was that. <laughs> Coppola, that's pretty big. Man. That was that was fun. That was that was that was great. And just, yeah. I mean, if they need a narrator, fair, fair enough. Jonathan Davis is the dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. I mean, you've got a bit of experience in it. You're like you're over 450 books. I don't even think I've read more now. 450. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. What's your number now? According to Audible. Oh, of course. Know. Yeah, of course. according to them. <laughs> what do, what do they know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man, so. When you when you're going to do this like audiobook specifically, let's dive yeah. in, Jonathan. We're going. Sure. <laughs> when you're doing audiobooks, like get my goggles on. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Seatbelts. <laughs> All right. Read the pamphlet first. Uh, <laughs> do you do you get to read the books before you record with them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, tend, I try to. Probably I best. Try, yeah. That, I bet that saves a lot of time. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't want to be in a circumstance where. You know, suddenly you find out on page, you know, 350 what the character, you know, you know, this happened to me. This actually with Snow Crash, it happened to me. I, uh, I, <laughs> I oh, didn't no. complete reading the book. And uh, I decided with I had a director, but I decided I was going to make one character kind of like a Rasta. Uh -oh. He was like I had a, he was like a Rasta <laughs> vibe. That's really out there choice you know sure but he said he seemed that way to me he seemed very west indian and you know so i, I went with that and then like <laughs> much later in the book we found out that he's an inuit oh no <laughs> yeah i know so <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> but this is like revealed like really late in the book 
so no. I had we had to go back and <laughs> redo. Luckily, you know, he he didn't say much. He was one of those. He was like the hound. You know, sure. He was like a character like that. So he he was very tacit and you know very laconic. You know, he just kind of said very little. So. That's but, you know, so we had funny. to go back and redo everything. It's, so, so I, yes, it's it's good to read the book. I hope there's a recording of you being like, and then, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, just realizing it. Oh, yeah. man. So, when you're doing, because you do a ton of voices in, in your books. They said, I've listened to quite a few of them. Right. <laughs> do you get to have a lot of input when you're making up these voices that aren't, like, established, obviously? That aren't established characters. Um yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's or sometimes, cool. you know, sometimes it's the director. It's, you know, and Kevin is the director, Kevin yeah. Thompson. So he, he may say, you know, one time I remember, or I think it, like an executive producer, this is early on in one of the uh, Jedi Academy or Jedi Quest stories. Yeah. Somebody there, he wanted a character to be Australian. I, I was like, what? I don't, I don't, under, I don't know why, but, you know, <laughs> you, you go with it or. Or sometimes I remember one. I think Tatooine Ghost. There was a character where they really wanted him. The the director wanted him to sound like Harvey Firestein. Oh, sweet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Why so not? people have input. You know, they they get. But yeah, for the most part, we just make our choices, and then the um, you know, Kevin or, or whoever else is there, the executive producer, will say, oh, well, let's not do it that way, or let's try something different. Sure. Yeah, Maybe not a Rasta guy this time. No. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think that's the last time I've tried. <laughs> I've tried that. Yeah. Do you do you have a favorite voice you like to do, like accents and stuff? Because everyone's like, "Hold on, I got a really good Star, Star Wars," or just just in general. No, 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 not necessarily. I just do whatever you know. I try to f- cast it in my head. You know, I I, I look that I look at it filmically. So sure. I really look at the text and I try to you know, I, I try not to be too extreme. I try to just. You know, I, I look at it and I, I say, well, who if this was a film, who could I see in this role? You know, oh, and I don't I don't one. I also I'm not one. Um, you know, I don't know how the, I, I try. Not, I, I try. I kind of try more to be a bit more subtle in my interpretations. I try not to be too, too extreme. But I do listen to people. You know, I'll listen to snippets of things and I'll try to get a sense of how they speak. Sure, sure. And, uh, and of their cadences or something, and, and then I'll do that. Um, so so not particularly, although, you know, sometimes there was a book I did where it was great because the character was, um, he was kind of, he, he, he was similar to Rain Man, you oh, know, cool. he, he was somewhat, he was on the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. And, but it was, a, it was wonderful to do because you could the way that it was written, the script was written in a way where it really, it really reflected his tics and cadences. Oh, and cool. so that, that was a blast to do. But it, that wasn't really necessarily my choice. It was the way that the text was written. Sure. So that really helped a lot. Are, they, are they books? Do you have a book in front of you or is it like a script when you're doing it? Uh, no, it's, 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 well, these days everything's electronic. Oh, that makes know? sense. So I have, Little I have the manuscript, thing. you know, but the very first time this was kind of cool when I did, uh, uh, it was my very first Star Wars book, or I, I think it was, uh, I'm not sure if I think, I thought, I think Attack of the Clones was the first one that I did. Ooh, good one. And it was so new because it was, the movie hadn't come out and it still had Ooh. like markings on it from like Lucas. What? You know, say, yeah, it had like, you, you know, like, you know, little notes in the margins. Dude. You know, which was, which was cool. That was really cool. 
I, no, I haven't seen that since, but that was that was early on because that's when we had scripts, right, you know, right in front of you. You know, you had the text, and it was it was a script. You had the manuscript, gotcha. you know. But these days, everything's electronic. Gotcha. Do you miss the te- do you miss the tactile pages? Are you like oh, that's probably, probably um, better? Uh, I I I no, I prefer electronic because just in terms of the the the. Uh, the sessions are smoother because there's no, oh, there's less noises. That makes you sense. You know, that's the thing. Every time you, you shift a paper, you know, or maybe, you know, the, you know you'll, they'll have to stop and go, oh, we heard that noise. Let's go back and start over. Oh, yeah. You know, paper noise. So it, it, it can be, it just takes longer. That makes sense. When you're sense. doing it from a book, you're, you're turning pages or shifting around. So electronically is much smoother. Sure. Makes sense. Because those yeah. I'm sure those mics pick up literally everything. You're doing Although on the other on the hand, work. when I was at Celebration uh, back in 2015, we were doing a performance of William Shakespeare's Star Wars. Have you heard those? The oh yes, those are great. Yeah, they are. It's yeah, such he, a good idea. Yeah, he's yeah. uh and and he actually they're doing some more by him. Random House uh, is doing more projects with him, not just Star oh, Wars, cool. but he just did a uh, Back to the Future. Oh, burst. what? Yeah, In Shakespeare. Yeah, that's so yes. cool. Yeah, yeah, and then Mean Girls too. Oh, and I think perfect. they're both out on Audible. They're both released. Amazing. Um, but when we were doing that, we were performing, and it was so exciting because there must have been two thousand people in the hall, and it was packed. Wow. And we were, and everybody was there to see, you know, to to, to listen to, and we had a great group of people doing it live, and uh, but in the we had our iPads, but. My iPad went dead in the, oh, in no. the middle of the performance. <laughs> of course, why not? And it's like it was, <laughs> and and then same, it's, it happened the January also. And we both at one point, you know, luckily somebody else had a script, and they just it was so t- it was so seamless. You know, just somebody just went and just plopped it right in front of us. Pros, but that's the that's the danger with using a tablet. That's what I'm you saying. Know? You know, yeah. technology, man. It's awesome yeah. until it isn't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's cool. Luckily, man. in the studio, it, it works fine. Yeah, you know, yeah, fair enough. Great. A controlled environment. Exactly, controlled <laughs> environment, right? Exactly. I remember a long time ago hearing about like a uh, like Dragon Ball Z, those anime series where they're just doing a ton mm-hmm. of screaming and stuff. Uh, one of the actors was like going Super Saiyan and passed out because he was just yelling all day for a thing. And you do yelling pretty well in your books, <laughs> I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty. I can tell a Jonathan Davis yell from across oh, the street. No. Yep. I was like, wait a second, hold on. I know who that well, is. <laughs> well, do the other? Does there? But does Mark yell? Does do they I yell mean, too? They do, but not as good. <laughs> I'm gonna say Mark's awesome. He's been on the show, but I know a of Mark course, yell versus a Jonathan Davis yell. That's it's, hysterical. It it also has to do with so like. My favorite audiobook I've ever listened to, and that, like not just Star Wars, but in all of them, and I've yeah. listened to a lot, uh, is Lords of the Sith. Really? Oh boy, dude. Wow. You killed it. Killed oh, thank you, man. It. Yeah, it's it's so good. But I'm I'm wondering, so like, you said with audiobooks, it's, it's like a process, nine to five type thing. But as far yeah. as like, because I know you've done like cartoons and stuff too. I have, I have, but I'm ba- since I'm based in New York, I don't do as many. Sure, you know, sure. Everything's out in Los Angeles. Yeah, but, yep, I, but yep. I have to cartoons. Yes, I have. Is yeah. there like a different like way that you approach something like voiceover for cartoons? And you do video games. I know, I know you're a Max. I Payne. do video games. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's very different. Um, 
video games specifically, uh, cartoons, it depends on who the producer is and who you're working with. Gotcha. Um, but it's, a, it's, it's much more visceral. And when you talk about yelling, because in audiobooks, you have to be very controlled. Right. You know, I mean, they, they, they you know, because you, you can't blow somebody's ear out. Yeah, yeah, preferably you know, not. <laughs> suddenly, out, you know, just in the, you know, just out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so they, 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 you know, they, they really, you know, we, but in video games, they want you to go all out. Yeah. Like if you're on fire, they want you to be on fire. Oh. You know, if you've been set on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I want to feel it, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. Um, a lot of screaming and usually with those and, and usually in those, in those videos, I've done, uh, some really cool ones. I did, uh, I've been in some of the Max Payne. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. Uh, trilogy, two of those, (laughs) uh, Rainbow Siege six. I did that. And that was a lot of yelling, you know, cause it's just, but what was so cool is they, they said in Rainbow Six Siege, it was really neat. The director, really great guy. He, um, uh, his name is Ed Lewis. Perfect. If you ever work, anybody ever works with him, but he would, you know, th- what they have is they have three different gradations for. So if it's just somebody going, uh, I'm hit, you know, sure. The, you know, they have different gradations. So it's just like, okay, this one is you're whispering it over the, the calm to your, you know, your colleague. That's oh. the first one, you know, just I'm hit right. you know, really low. The second one is he's right next to you. Then the third gradation is you're screaming at somebody who's 50 feet away and you're screaming at the top of your lungs. You know? oh. So they would do like three different versions, you know. So they got options. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. That after, after a day of doing video games or animation, it can be, it can be tough. You'll be home with your throat coat tea. Yeah, I know, bet. Nursing yourself. Jeez. And like, I know old, like older video games, it was all like voiceover stuff, but like, New stuff. It's like mocap stuff. Have you done mocap stuff? That's what. Yeah, uh, Max Payne was mocap. Oh, and it was what? Fa- it was fantastic. It was fa- if you well, one of them that I did Ma- Max Payne three. If you if you play Max Payne three, yeah, yeah, the character I played, which is he was one of the main villains, and his his name was uh, Colonel Becker. Oh, and it was sweet. And if you look at that Colonel Becker, it's me. I mean that that's that's what so I look cool. Like. <laughs> What? I mean, what, that's what I looked like 10 years ago. I'm yeah. a little grayer yeah. now. You're right. I never put that together. <gasps> Dude. Yeah, no, if you play it, it's, it's everybody, that's what they look like. And it was all, it was fascinating. I mean, when they, uh, you know, we had a, a whole photo session where they took photographs from every angle of our face. You know, we had to open our mouth and they like put the camera so they could see oh, our molars, you know, yeah. and, you know our uvula. Yeah, and, I mean you're yelling. And, Need accuracy. And exactly. And then we and when we when we filmed it, it was filmed on a green screen in a studio in a in a film studio. Oh, that's so cool. And we had uh, it was it was like being on a film set. Yeah, you know, really, I bet. it was a film set pretty much. And we all had that. You know, it was right when Avatar came out. We all had that kind of year where oh there the was head a camera, thing, the head thing. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, the head camera. Where pretty much you know even if you were moving, your face was static. On film, it was static. Right, because so it's moving it with you. it didn't matter what, you know, how you moved, it was static. And then they had cameramen surrounding you filming everything else. What? And I remember going back at in the beginning because we, we went back to do reshoots after like a year. You oh. know, a year had gone by. We went back to do reshoots for it. And at first when I saw the playback, the dailies, we were just stick figures. Oh, but sweet. When we went, 
Yeah, I mean, it was just stick figure. But then when we went back a year later, it was all the animation was complete. And I was like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing because it was the back of my head. And I went, dude, that's 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 my neck fat. <laughs> yeah. How'd they do that? How'd you... Wait a second. <laughs> How'd they get that? <laughs> that was like, that was like, that's, I, I mean, I knew it was me. I was like, I can't believe it. That's, that's, you know, that's the back of my earlobe and that's my neck fat. And that's, you know, yeah, the strand yeah. of gray I've hair I had striped before. across my head. <laughs> Yeah, I have an existential yeah. crisis. You're like, that's a part it, of me I've was, never seen. Oh, it's crazy. And then to see me dying, you oh, know, of course. You know, that was, <laughs> oh, I gave it away. Did I oh, give it away? Spoilers. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> if they haven't played by now, you know what? Come on. <laughs> that's true, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a statute of limitations in games, and it's like a year and a half, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> the rest is on you. <laughs> that's cool, though. Yeah. Motion capture sounds like it'd be the most fun. Like, if you're on, if you're on the right set doing the right kind of stuff like it'd be cool it's just imagination right you said it's on a green screen it's green screen yeah yeah i remember one guy he it was supposed to be a car chase and he was sitting on a on like a cardboard box oh that's so you cool. know and then they, then they make it you know same like me i had i had a scene where it was uh i'm fleeing in an airplane and they actually had like a set of stairs like you know like a in an airport where you fl where you're climbing up the stairs to go into the so they had what? that and that's what we were on Obviously, there was no jet you yeah. know, behind, but we're supposed to be running up that to flee into the airplane. You know, what? that's so you cool. Know? Yeah, it's like an adult. I almost killed playground. myself, and I ran up, and I was like supposed, to, and I had like a like a uh, uh, <laughs> a paper towel roll or something that <laughs> was supposed to be a bazooka. Oh, amazing! You know, and I'm supposed <laughs> to like you know die, die, Mister Payne, you, you know, and I'm shooting at him or something, and then I almost I I. Luckily, the, one of the one of the grips grabbed me by the seat of my pants because I I almost walked right off it and oh, that would have no. been like oh it was terrible. <laughs> he was like I was hanging, you know, from the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, so, you committed. That's a we I'm need. I'm a small guy. I'm like a hobbit, so it wasn't that bad for him to pull me back up. I'm pretty close. I got these little meerkat hands. Like what? Is, what is oh. this? I have small hands. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's cool. So I think about it's kind of neat that things have progressed that way, and that like like I said, it's mo it's a lot of motion capture now. Like, dude, Red Dead Two that just came out last year was like yeah. five yeah. years it took to make that, and they were all like, "We're jumping on barrels in their horses now." I'm like, that's awesome. See, I, I did I did the first one. That's so I, I was cool. part of that cast, but I we didn't do mocap or I didn't do mocap for my character. Oh, so for, they did everything. Dead yeah, yeah. It was just for for Max Payne two, sure. uh, three. Max Payne two, like the guy that I played in, I played Vlad in Max Payne two, who's yeah. the villain of that. He I'm looks nothing like me. I'm seeing a you type know, so. here. What? <laughs> I'm seeing a type yeah, here. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yep. it's dark stuff. Yeah. So, um, but he, you know, like I look nothing like that character. <laughs> they they he made looks it like up to you. Fines, you know, he's very lean and tall. You know. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like it's, it's funny right. when you go in to see, when you do something, I did something vocally. This is a great, uh, uh, um, I did a film called, there's a movie called The Ten, and it's by a lot of guys that were in The State, the comedy troupe The State. Oh, yeah. And uh, so Ken Marino and David Wayne, Ken Marino wrote it. Dude. It's like Thomas Lennon, a lot of people that went on to do Reno 911 and things like that. Geniuses. And, and yes, and so Ken wrote it, and David Wayne directed it, and and 
I, the role that it's a, it's a great story and it's about, it's kind of a takeoff on the, the, was that the 10 commandments one? Yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh you've me. seen it. Talk to me. Talk to me. What happened? Well, well, in it, so there's, you know, this it's the Ten Commandments. It's supposed to be based on the Decameron. Um, I forgot who directed it. Kislovsky, mm-hmm. one of these, and it's supposed to be based on that film where the 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 original film was kind of like more of a serious take on each commandment, and these were obviously parodies. Right, right. And um, so we, the one that I did, it was kind of, it was uh, Don't Take the Lord's Name in Vain, and it starred Justin Theroux and Gretchen Maul. Beautiful. And my character was, uh, I was a narrator. I na- It was a takeoff on Itumama Tambien, if you've seen that. Oh, my God. Were you the Mexican narrator? I was the Mexican narrator, yes. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So there's a <laughs> section where he's he's na- out of the blue. The narrator starts, you know, and then he starts saying, he says, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how clean your <laughs> podcast is. Oh, he it's not. Saying, it's not at all. It's not okay. Well, they start, you know, they start making love, and then he starts talking about the the, the you know the character's vagina yeah. in, in Spanish, and he's and he he really loves the word, so he's like vagina, 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 and it becomes a running joke in film. But so when we did it, you know, so I was thrilled because I love you to Mama Tambien, and I was really thrilled to be doing the. The, the film and and uh, I met I met um, Paul Rudd was in it and he also produced it yeah and so when I did looping for it I met Paul and, and I went in to meet some of the other cast members and um, when they do <laughs> when they if you on the DVD of the ten when they kind of do behind the scenes work mm-hmm. they talk they he meant they mentioned me when oh, it came sweet. my part they started talking which was so cool. But then David and Paul were like, he looks nothing like how he sounds, <laughs> which is just very true. I mean, I, I'm stuff. Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> and when I say Bilbo Baggins, I'm Ian Holm Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Not that old, but Before you know, maybe Martin Freeman's face, Ian Holm's body. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, you know. I mean, yeah, that, that's the highest compliment, though, isn't it? You know, an actor that's able to, yeah. it's more than you see. Then, well, that's yeah. I don't, that's why I, I, I actually uh, many times, e- even in like the conventions, I, I go, "Oh man, now they're gonna see me," and they're gonna, <laughs> you know, you should get prosthetics <laughs> and like yeah. boots. Like Marco, when Marco's, he grows a beard. You know, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm Obi Wan." All right, you know, he wants to look like a Jedi. Yep. And there I it. am. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, come on, Mark. <laughs> what yeah. are you doing here? <laughs> I'm an Ewok. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hello, Pretty friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I'm with you there. I'm. I'm pretty short compared to my friends. That's another thing. You oh. know, it's like I'm. It's, I think I'm on a good day. I'm like five seven and a half. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm like, hey, that's. When I found out that the national average was like five nine, I was like, Ugh, okay, that's uh, that's all right. I'll just jump. That'll that'll be right. okay. You know, things you learn. But I don't have oh. your 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 massive amounts of voices, you know. So uh, you can compensate if anyone's like, "Hey, what's up, man?" You're like, "Listen, don't talk to me." You have, <laughs> <laughs> you, yes, you, you have an ace uh, in the hole. Like the key eye. I, you know, I do martial arts, and I'll do like, yeah, it's, you know, it's how how much power you have coming out of you. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Dude, do you do martial arts? 
I do. What? I what do, do you do? Well, right now I'm with? studying Ishinru. Oh, sweet. Uh, with with my with my kids. Right my, on. My daughter is, yeah, yeah. That's cool. No joke. Yeah. The episode that released before this one's going to was with a guy named Jeff Vita, who's the host of the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast, and we just talked about Kung Fu for like an hour and a half. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm a big fan of the arts, the oh. martial arts. You do, do you study also? I So I trained at Shore and Rue for like two or three years. Yeah, sure, and, sure. And then I studied Kendo for like almost 10, because as a kid, wow. I was like, I want to be a Jedi. And then I was like, what did they base it on, Kendo? Okay, here we go. And uh, it it fed the samurai addiction as well, <laughs> so you know that's great things you're into. So when you said kiai, I was like, oh yes. Like <laughs> I made a joke before that like what's interesting about martial arts is you know you have like lineage. This person learned from this person learned from this person. You're like, oh mm-hmm. yes, I'm a part mm-hmm. of this line of learning. And one the my sensei's sensei. So mine yes. his name was Kevin Van Hall. His teacher was Alton Martin. Alton Martin was one of Jason David Frank's senseis. So we're like. If we play this correctly, we could all be Power Rangers. So, so it's just the oh, thing that, like, when you say Kiai, wow. once we learned that, we just did Power Ranger Kiai's left and right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to envision it. It's not it. that intimidating. No, I, I, it is if you're a putty. <laughs> that's right. If you're in a rubber suit, that's, that is a fear-inducing cry. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you say you've done over... But how many how many books have you read now on tape? Um, well, 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 Audible has over you know maybe like I don't know over five hundred. But I've done more than that because a lot I've a lot of things are usually sometimes they they don't make it to Audible or sure. they're in, or they or they're multicast project projects. Like for instance, uh, the the Dooku one that came out. Oh yes. I'm a part of that, but I'm not listed. You know, oh, so it's not in the Audible. Well, part. it. Be- it's yeah. It's just based on Audible. They don't. They'll they'll say a full cast because they can't put everybody down. Oh you know, right, cause yeah, because it's a lot. too much room. Sure. You know, so so you know they'll put like the first three people or something. So a lot of times that happens, or maybe they're you know, they're they're projects that that are um, that have been discontinued or something like that. Sure. Or projects that I have a pseudonym on for. <laughs> because, oh, yeah, which happens, you know. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You're full of secrets, yeah. Jonathan. Davis. So you know, it's it's probably closer to, um, oh, I don't know, maybe between eight and a thousand in terms of, oh. of books. Yeah, quite quite a bit now by now. That's amazing. Do you have a, yeah. so? What are some of your favorite books then? Because you've read a lot of them. Uh, well, bes- outside of the Star Wars, yeah, of um, sagas, which which I do. Still, you know, trying to, which was uh, in that world. I do love the Dark Bane trilogy. Oh, I, I love, I love that, gold. and I wish that, I wish that would have continued. You know, I wish you know, or actually, I, I would hope that they would bring him into the can into canon. You never know. You know, no. I know, That's I know. You never so know. So exciting. You know, I know. You never know. That would be terrific. You know, I know a guy. Really, really excited to. You know, I was very excited to do. Master and Apprentice, because Qui Gon was oh, one of my favorite characters. Dude, Absolutely. you just opened a door. <laughs> we'll get there in a second. <laughs> uh, but it, outside of outside of the Star Wars EU, I would say uh, I love Snow Crash. I would recommend that to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cyberpunk classic, chock full of crazy characters. It's really great. Uh, and then I, uh, I. There's a book called Shadow of the Wind, which I love, which is more of an epic romance, but it takes place in 
during the Civil War in Spain. And it's oh. this mystery. And it actually it actually was a trilogy. It had a lot of a lot of uh, interpretations where different actors took over and took it into it kind of like spinoffs and they took it off and over and went in different directions. Sure. Uh, but I love doing that book. Um, and yeah, there's so many. It's hard to say, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, you know, the, I do a lot of different genres. I do nonfiction. I do fiction. So it's you know, it depends. Sure. I also I love Oliver Sacks, the the neurologist of the great late, the late great Oliver Sacks, who, for those who may not know him, he was um, if anybody saw the movie Awakenings with Robin Williams and Robert De Niro, Robin Williams character was Oliver Sacks. And so he did. I I was very fortunate to do many of his books um, with his approval. Oh, that's Um, cool. It was one of the things that he. He, I had, I had heard they were casting for it, mm-hmm. but he's a lot older than I am, so I think they wanted somebody older at first. But I kept on asking because I knew how. This is one, one of the, the, the areas where I actually narrated his book like him with his, oh, cool. his tonality because he has a very specific way of speaking, mm-hmm. and I loved. I used to listen to him all the time, so I was familiar with him, and that he kept on turning people down and saying, I, I don't, I'm not happy with this narration. And luckily they, I, I auditioned and he chose me. So I was very, very happy. That wow. was a great gift. Yeah. Getting picked by the dude to play the dude. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's when you know you've done it. Ricky Martin was like, okay, cool. And dude, That's right. you, you've got a, you should keep a scoreboard. And I'm like, this person said I can be them now. Check. This person now, yes. haha. Yeah. Do yeah. Do you have like a like a regiment to prepare for an audiobook, being that it's like a marathon? I, you know, I I used to. I, I'm being straightforward. I I'm not <laughs> as much anymore because I think my instrument is so used to it. After it's just like muscle memory. That's a good point. That's you know, a good point. You just like we talk about martial arts. You know, when you're doing kata or when you're doing yep. you know whatever whatever it may be, you're you're you kind of know after a while it just happens naturally. Sure. And so what you do is you work to finesse things. Right. You know, that's the same, it's the same thing. So in, even in vocally, what I do is I, I'm always trying to work on new techniques to make it smoother and, and uh, a more enjoyable process sure. know, and product. Uh, but no, no, I mean, I don't, I don't go crazy in terms of I, I would recommend to people that are beginning or that are starting out to do that, you know, to, to have a vocal regimen. Sure. Absolutely. So you don't blow your voice out. Do you oh, when absolutely. you're when you're reading it? Do you bounce back and forth between all the voices? We do. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Dude. Yeah, that's 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 how we do it. Wow. <laughs> so you just so you're it's conditioned reflex response. You know. It was like, Pretty oh, much, this, and, this, and, this, you know, this. it's in your head too. You know, if you're imagining the scene, and but I still like in my head, I'm re, I'm reacting. You know, because I can see the character. You have to give that moment where the character reacts. Right. Right. So it's not always so immediate, you know. It could be like, well, wait a minute. The character is taking a, you know, has that, you know, is f- facially responding, and then the, then you can bring it up, you know, just like in in theater. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Dude. So I have to officially thank you for Lords of the Sith, because oh boy, that's the one. Like, so that's another thing from like I've listened to a lot of non-Star Wars audiobooks as well. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah. Star Wars ones, even the audiobooks lean more toward like the audio drama type of feel because you got music and sound effects and all these different Absolutely. things. Absolutely, yeah. And Lords of the Sith is the one. I think it might have been one of my first Star Wars audiobooks. That might be why it like 
apart from just being awesome, being the first foray into it, I was like, oh, what is this? Oh, um, wow. It's, dude, it's so good. It's so good. So did you start later then? Because yeah. that's one I, of the newer ones. Yeah, yeah, I've only been listening to audiobooks for maybe like three or four years or so. Wow. Yeah, I'm new into the world, but then I went in because <laughs> I, I work nights, so I've just got time while I'm working. So I just have this When little, do you like, listen? When do you listen to stuff? I listen uh, while I'm at work. So between, let's say, like midnight to like five-ish. So I listen to like mm-hmm. a ton of podcasts, a ton of uh audiobooks and whatnot and that's been what's fun because master and apprentice came out and then dooku came out and mm-hmm. so my backlog of podcasts got super long because i was like i'm busy i gotta do these two things first and right, right. Whew, yeah yeah that's that's when i listen i'm lucky to where i don't have to like take time out of my day and like section this thing because i work by myself so i'm like all right cool I'll just listen to all these things then so. I was always curious, you know, because I, I, I know it began kind of like for commuters. Right, exactly. It's pretty much know. the same. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Same sort of thing. Man. So, Master and Apprentice, mm-hmm. we got to dive in because <laughs> Qui-Gon <laughs> is my dude, man. My, yeah. He's my favorite Star Wars character. I've got, yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't want to sound crazy, but I got a lot of Qui-Gon merch around me right now. Mm, really when you find your thing you know how i I like so i think we as humans are obsessive that's why you have like if you have a favorite sports team you dress your baby in it if you yeah yeah you know it's we just we're very good at like picking one thing and being like i'm this thing now and uh as a kid i was like hmm i'm either going to be obsessed with sports or star wars and star wars is slightly cheaper so i was like let's do (laughs) let's do that one (laughs) and qui-gon from like eight years old when episode one came out, uh, that's my dude. So when I yeah. listen to things with Qui-Gon in them, one, I'm very excited. Because I'm like, oh, man, he's back. Uh, but also, your Qui-Gon is so good because I well, like what you. you said earlier when you're like, you go for the subtle sort of thing. Like, I can tell in in Master and Apprentice and even in Dooku, because I listen to them back to back, you can mm-hmm. tell Qui-Gon's there. And not even just by, like, hearing it, but, like, the tone and the way that you play him. Thank you. It's good. Yeah. Well, he 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 does have. He's such a. Uh, to me, I mean, I'm trying to find the right word for it. You know, just. Um, I don't want to say calm. You know, or but he there's something about his presence that he's just very. You know, when you talk about the martial arts, I mean, there's something there's something about him where hundred percent. He's very zen. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's very you know? Jedi, if you will. Yes, he is. He's Jedi. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. Even very, though he very had nuanced. issues with it, that's what oh, you know, Master man. Apprentice is all about. Dude, Master Apprentice you know? is so good. Yeah, and the back so. and forths and stuff, and just oh, oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so when you're doing, but like... I, I'm I'm so happy that they 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 chose to do that and the Duke story to really develop those characters. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Uh, very, you know, yeah. Same. Yeah. I've been waiting for Dooku stuff forever because I'm like, he trained right. Qui-Gon and he was trained by Yoda. Like, let's figure this out, guys. When are we getting these? I remember right. I remember I tweeted about it like two or three years ago. And then when they announced Dooku Lost, I was like, they heard me. Look, everyone. <laughs> they're, they're listening. <laughs> but so when you're doing like an audio drama, how was that process different? You mean the the, the Dooku project versus yeah versus like audiobooks? Yeah, in Star Wars. There's still music and it's almost like an audio drama, but there's a book. Whereas this is like it's got to be more like a cartoon sort of thing with a cast and whatnot in it. 
Yeah, I, I, I think because I was playing Qui-Gon in that, you know, it, there wasn't, a, I didn't play a character, I didn't, wasn't doing characters that were, because I, I heard, oh. <laughs> it wasn't when I was there, but I heard there was a lot of, like it was a very kinetic kind of production where, where people were, like when you're talking about my, my yelling or shouting, yeah. I heard that there was a lot of that in it. Yep. But it wasn't in the scenes that I was involved in. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I it, it seemed um, it was just it was just a, a calmer kind of process when I was there. I think the scenes that I was involved with in weren't as uh, dramatic, I would say. Sure. sure. Uh, as, as some of the others. But but it's but we but but I have done, you know, doing when we did the Ian Desher uh, projects, um, those were also multicast. Oh. So it was they were they were done the same way, except that uh, Jedi Lost, there were a lot more characters and there were about 12 of us, I think. Right. So at times, maybe I wouldn't say all 12 of us, but at least, you know, at least eight or nine of us were in the booth together, you know. So that's cool. So there, there was a lot going on, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you have. And because because of it, I think I think the one thing is that they really wanted it to be natural. Sure. Jedi Lost. So, uh, so in terms of, uh, uh, you know, they they wanted overlapping, like you know, right. you know, overlap the other actor, you know, and and uh, you know, j- you know, you can jump on somebody's line. Don't worry about it. We want this to have a natural feel. Sure. So that that that's that's the one thing that was that was kind of like that, and that 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 we do with the multicast, you know. Sure, that's pretty cool. It's got to be uh, it's got to be a, a lot of fun as well with like playing off of someone as opposed to playing off yourself. Or you're probably used to it by now. You do so many things. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, they're both fun. You, no, it definitely is. You know, it, it is great to work off somebody else. You know, and um, as I, you know, I've done I've done a bunch of multicasts, not necessarily for for auto, I mean for um, Star Wars, sure, but for other companies for Audible. I was about to say, and for. Um, and for Penguin Random House, and there was yeah. a, uh, a few other projects I did that were what that were huge multicast projects, um, and uh, with with a really huge cast, you know. So yeah, that 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 is great. Yeah, of course it is great to work to work opposite somebody. Sure, you, get you know, a and human to work off them. Actual reaction, human Absolutely. connection, and whatnot. It's it's theater in a booth. Yeah, and and I'd lo- I'd love to see more of that, and I have a feeling that they want to go that route, you know. With after the Dooku story, I think, you know, they want to try that more often. Yeah, I think so you too. Know, it was it was pretty well received, so it's like yes, hey, there's a there's I, a want. I think what pe- what people like too is they liked that, um, you know, when when they heard these these standalone stories, not standalone stories, but when there was just one individual narrating it all. Right. Um, I think what they liked is they're like, wow, we really like Mark. We like, you know, January. We like Jeff Gurner. We like Jonathan, whoever may be doing it. Wouldn't it be fun if when are they going to do work together? Right. You know, like, you know, when are they going to do characters that they're really good at and then work off each other? Yeah. So I think that'll be that'll be fun to really have that, you know, that opportunity in this in this case, there was a lot of new people, too. Yeah, that they introduced you know so new actors that they introduced in different roles. I did know, notice so that. Great. Yeah. So, what is an audition like for an audiobook versus like other voiceover? Hmm. Uh, 
I think it's more. Well, e- everything's different, you know. Right. I mean, p- promos. It's really about how quick you are, and you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's how fast you are, and it's about selling something. It's about merchandise. Sure. You know, audiobooks and then documentaries, which I do, which I love to do, mm-hmm. uh, too. I've done some for National Geographic and uh, National Geographic Channel for Nova. So, um, cool. so th- those are fun, and I love doing that. That that's something I've actually since I was a kid. I wanted. To do. I used to watch National Geographic, um, and if you in the background, the music is like bum 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 bum. Yeah. And the 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 there used to be a narrator named Richard Kiley who I used to love as a kid, and I'd watch those shows, and then I booked my first NG documentary you know and you know and it was like uh battle for the elephants you know and it, it, oh, and it ended like the 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 uh intro was like something like uh um uh we are reaching the days oh. when this may be the battle for the elephants and then it had you know the music <laughs> you did and it. i was watching and i couldn't I, I that freak that was like I can't believe I, that's me, and then the music that I yeah. love watching as a kid. You've made it. You know, it's over <laughs> it. But auditioning, so I think the thing with those stories is that it's it's really it's storytelling. Right. That's really what you come down to. So audiobooks, it's really about storytelling. You know, and, and you want to, the best compliment I ever got, um, which may sound odd, but it was, a, it was a great compliment I got from a listener, was that they said, you know, when I was listening to it, 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 I felt like I was sitting around a campfire and like you were the tribal elder yes. who was telling, telling everybody the story. And I thought, well, then I succeeded because that's what, that's what it is. Right, you know, right. You don't, it does, you don't want it to be stale and you don't want it to be flat. Sure. You, know, you, you, want, it to, to, you want to engage people. Right. And I think that's what's wonderful about the Star Wars film books, the audiobooks, is it really is that. And I think they've really aim to find actors that can that can provide that that can pull people in and then plus with john williams music and with all the start the sound effects you know and particularly now doing this multicast thing with different people working off each other it's it's becoming quite successful yeah and rightfully so rightfully so i I, it's kind of neat because i feel like narration is like a specific skill because it's like you have to narrate and like keep the vehicle moving and kind of drive it with your voice but at the same time you kind of have to like get out of the way of the thing as well right it's like a it's got to be a weird line to kind of find where you're like i'm driving the boat but also i don't need you to know i'm driving the boat you just need to know the boat's moving you're like yeah it's pretty yeah pretty pretty neat a lot of things yeah you wouldn't wouldn't think about like a specific skill of the voice do you have a voice you like to do where you're like "I, i just this one's fun like I like to do a this voice, kind of like a, a character like voice, a, like or, a character or... voice, or like an accent. Like everyone has like a fun one that they like to. Like, oh, I like to do a Russian <laughs> accent. Don't tell me you don't. Oh, I know I you see, do. <laughs> well, no, no. I, you know, you're you're right. You're right. Right. You know, I think I think what I like to do is something that I that I feel is organic. Sure. To sure. me, so I don't want to put on stuff something. So if I'm doing a language that I don't really know. I don't want to imitate somebody in, in in that sense. You know, I have to. I want to find ways of making it realistic. Ooh, good you know, point. If, if I'm doing some, if I'm doing some eth- ethnic voice, that's just you know, I don't want to go too far out there. I I want to try to find something that it, that really pertains to 
why somebody may speak a certain way. Sure. Um, Make a character. And so, but of so I try to stick to steps. So if, if anything is is Latino because I do speak Spanish, right? Fluently, I I like to do that. I do like and if and if it's if it's if I'm doing you know I know I know the idiosyncrasies or the subtleties between different Latin uh, Spanish accents. So oh, if yeah. Somebody from Puerto Rico or Cuba or Mexico they're all going to speak slightly differently. So it is fun to do that. I also, and I, it depends. I speak a few languages, which has helped me in voiceover too. Sure. So that, that the Max Payne thing took place in Brazil, which, so I ten, I'm actually doing a project right now uh, uh, in, in my booth. I have a home studio. Oh, sweet. So I work from home also. Love it. Um, and uh, so I'm doing something and it's a Brazilian story. What? So do you have to speak you know, Portuguese or use an accent? Uh, it's Portuguese. No, what? it's there there is some Portuguese in it, but I I it's it's mainly in English. But whenever the Portuguese comes up, I'm able to do it. Wow. You know, so, so what languages do yeah. you speak? I speak uh, Spanish, I speak Portuguese, I speak some Hebrew. Oh, I lived what? out in that area for about a year and a half. I lived in a kibbutz, if you know what, what? those things are. <laughs> kibbutz. I was a kibbutznik, so I speak some Hebrew. That's so, so I'm cool. familiar. I'm, I studied Russian, so I can actually do a Russian accent. Oh, sweet! I do know the language. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not fluent, but I sure. can I can pull it off. You know, so there's some uh, there's some Italians in my family. You know, so there's there's different different things that I can do that where I feel comfortable because it's it's who I am. Right, right. Know? Where when somebody says, "Can you do German?" You know, I go, "Well, you know, <laughs> I'm not." Or or you know you know I I, I don't really like doing. Unless it's a character, you sure. know, like if I'm imitating somebody, I'm listening to them, mm-hmm. you know, like we're talking about Liam Neeson or, yeah. or somebody or Ewan McGregor, somebody like that. I can listen to them and, and really uh, do my best to nail them, mm-hmm. but the, how they speak. But, it, but if it's, if they're going to, if they want, like if we're doing, uh, uh, I can't even say Game of Thrones now because that's so <laughs> popular and there's, I could imitate those characters, but let's say. You know, I, I, if it was a book that took place in Yorkshire, you right? Know, if it was a British book, don't hire me. <laughs> I hire a Brit. Yeah, there's you know, so I don't many. Like that. Like, yeah, exactly. But actually, I get ticked off. You know, like in film, so many Brits and Australians are always playing Americans. Yeah, it's true. And I'm like, excuse me, dude. <laughs> yeah. what's wait that a about? second. Yeah, you can't be better at us than everything. <laughs> yeah, wait yeah, a second. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody right now, but. Yeah, or like the guy on The Walking Dead. I was he, just about to say Andrew you know, Lincoln. <laughs> Andrew Lincoln. I mean, he's great, but did it have to be Andrew Lincoln? It's true. He just came in. You're like the way he yeah, says Carl. Man, I love Andrew Lincoln, but why Andrew Lincoln? <laughs> because of Carl, Jonathan. That's why. <laughs> yes. The way yes, that he yeah. says Carl, they were like, okay, that's you're right. No one in the or world. Or preacher, you know, the the lead in preacher. You're right. Uh, yeah. Dominic, I forget. Dominic <laughs> Cooper. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. You Save know, some for you, the rest you, of us. Are you telling me Woody Harrelson or McConaughey wasn't available? Or oh, dude, I love whoever it is. You know. That's fine. And, and I love it when they get it right. You know, there's a lot of times when uh, I'm, I, I used to watch True Blood in the beginning, oh, and one same. of the actors on that, Jason, I forget, or is that yes, the character? The, yeah, Jason, the, the younger brother. His name is. The um, younger brother. He's Australian. I, yeah, I, he right? fooled me. Same, same. Dude, Hugh Laurie. You ever heard Hugh Laurie talk? Hugh Laurie, sure. Oh, the, you hear yeah. him in house, and then you hear him talk, you're like, whoa, hold on. Yeah. That's the Damien guy. Lewis. Yes. Damien, yep. He's brilliant. He, so he's brilliant good. that way. He 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 sounds like an American. He's so good at being an American. So it, it's terrific. But I just 
you know, you, you don't see the opposite as much. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, I, I have a theory that it's because of drama school, because we don't really have anything here that's like that. Whereas like in London, you've got like as a kid, they'll put you in drama school. It's really cool. You grow up and then you're like classically trained by 15. Whereas here we've got mm-hmm. like, you know, Juilliard and stuff like that. But it's not a common thing like it is over there. But then again, America's so big. It's huge. It's huge. You can fit like half yes. of Europe in Texas, which right, make, which right. makes accents fun. Accents are fun in general. Like the when you talk about like Yorkshire versus like a Cockney accent versus like a right. straight London accent, it's like within right. fifty miles you've got all these different accents. It's pretty neat. Pretty well, neat. even here, you know, like you were talking about what I do. Like I, I'll tell you what I don't like to do. Yeah, let's there do it. There's some accents I don't like to do, you know, and I avoid because I, I know I'm going to get creamed. <laughs> you know, if I do it, they're going to go, man, that that stunk. Yeah, you know, you're like, like, what is that supposed to be? Well, like Boston. <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to do the stereotype Boston accent. Boston's you know, they hard. get all these act- so, I So many people just seem so inauthentic. Sure, you know, sure. You know, unless they're Mark Wahlberg. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't buy anybody else, you know. Yeah, fair. Uh, I mean, he can only do a Boston accent, to be fair. So, well, well, true, true, but 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 I respect that. You know, I Same. respect the actors that go. This is what I do. Yep. And yep. I'm not gonna make believe. I remember I think it was Tom Cruise did Valkyrie. Oh yes. And he like immediately turned it into he. Yep. It was like he a quit. German. <laughs> you know, like it was like he had one German accent and they flipped it. You know, yep. So like the whole movie was gonna be in English. <laughs> I actually appreciated that. I said, "Good for him." Same, you know? <laughs> same. You know where you're at, man. I yeah, well done. You, you know your limitations, and you know what you're good at. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You hired Tom Cruise, not a Nazi, yeah, right? So, you, know, <laughs> you got to work yeah. with what you got. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I was, yeah. I always thought the Boston accent kind of sounds like an Australian accent in certain ways. Like if you're going to say "park the car," as an Australian, and as yeah. a Boston person, it's pretty similar. That's yes, I see what you're saying. You know, I see where you're coming from. A guy, I'm not going to try either. No, no, (laughs) (laughs) I had to explain. I don't do accents, I'm terrible at them, you know. So that's why people like you are in the world because somebody has to do it, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But so, what so, what kind of advice would you have for somebody who like wants to get into voiceover work because it's Uh, it's pretty big now? Voiceover work in general, you know, I think, well, um. There, there. You know, each medium is so different. So I think True. the main thing is to is to discover what direction you want to go in. You know, do you want to be a storyteller? Do you want to be a commercial guy? Do you want to be a promo person? Sure. Do you, you know, what do you want to do? Animation. You know, and you have to find out well where are the markets for that and where do I go? Sure. And but I think I think mainly, and this is what is to know your own voice. You know. Good point. Uh, uh, you know, listen, there are plenty of people that go out there and try to emulate somebody else right. and they do it very well. So I, but that's just not my style. My, my thing is just know how your own voices sound, know who, who you are and what you do and go for it and just be the best at who you are, you that know, your sense. own style, you know, and you'll, you'll find work that way. You definitely will. And don't try to be something you're not. That's what I'm saying. Like the people that go out there and suddenly they start doing british accents when the reality is most producers are going to hire somebody who's british sure you know it's so just easier just be who you are you know if you have an everyman style i was coaching somebody who was from juilliard and he he read the script great and he's he's actually quite successful now really great guy and he's quite successful but when he started out he read the script like a juilliard student would Oh, and the character came from a town 
which was very iconic and it was very Midwestern, but he sounded, but he did have kind of a Juilliard affect to oh. it when he, when he did it. And I said, man, this is, you're, you're from the same town this character is, you know, so, yeah, so just do it. And then he linked. changed and it changed his, and that's, he excels because he's very good at, he's a great actor, but he was, he was natural. It was organic. It was who he was. Sure. That makes total sense. Yeah. Because then that comes from an even more natural place because you're not, trying to fit a square peg into a circle hole. You're like, exactly. oh, I, I have this in me, and then you can bring it out. That's a, that's pretty good. It's like right. you've done this for a while. Maybe it's just a couple. Well, you know, it's, you know, there's like, or the person that goes in, you know, and, and wants to sound like that, does that kind of, you know, sound. Listen, oh, yeah. if that's how you sound, if that's your natural sound. It's true. Fantastic. Otherwise. You know, mm. and if you can emulate that, more power to you. But you know, I you know, try to do what you what you're good at. Right. You know? Right. See you know? see what kind of instrument you're playing. You don't want to play violin right. parts on a trombone. It's just not exactly. Really and, you, work. and you know, everybody has their style and finds their way with whatever instrument they have. It's true. You know, they find their iconic sound. I agree. I agree. You know, so, so you gotta you gotta have a reel or something, right? Like how does with voice reels? Because that's a, that's another thing I've learned. Like with reels and whatnot, it's like there's a million right ways to do something. So you got to, right. like you said, kind of find your way. But like, so somebody who wants to do this like voiceover stuff, what, what advice do you have for like putting together a reel? Like keep it short. That's okay. That's what I've heard. Like a, is a minute too long? I feel like no, a minute, a minute, minute, minute and a half, maybe even two, but you don't want to go more than two minutes. Yeah. Cause, cause nobody's going to listen to They hear you and they, they, I tell you within like seven seconds or less, they'll, they'll know. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, unless they want to hear a variation of some kind, you know? Right. Um, right. Is that what but you this is it, you know. I had an agent, and I, when I was first starting out, my agent was like, um, "You know, the casting directors—they really like you, but they call you Sybil Uh-oh. because <laughs> they don't—you do so many different things, and you're good at different things, but they don't know where to peg. They don't know what to call you in for. Oh, you know. You're and right. so that's why it's good to kind of say, well, what am I best at? Who am I organically, and what can I really do? And try, instead of trying to be everything, sure. Sure. You know, so so I think that's the same thing. However, within that vocal style, you can show different cadences. You can show you can do a vocal style where if you're going to be what they call broken voice, which are the guys that are on like coming up next on HBO. They call it broken (laughs) voice because they all sound like they just were screaming the night before. Yeah. You know, so those guys, even with that, you know, they can they they do they do something with a smile or they do something that's that's kind of deadpan, deadpan humor or they do something serious. Right. Or they do something that may be, uh, you know, a moving segment, you know, or something. So that's what you want to do. Focus on embrace who you are. But, yeah, keep it short and be as professional as you can be. Sure. If that's that's very vague. That No, I mean, that's great (laughs) advice, too. One of those things you said, that's a hard lesson I learned because uh, I've I've been an actor for like four years now or something actively trying to do it. Oh, that's great. That's great. Stop it. And so, <laughs> so, so I've been like recutting my reel a lot lately. Like I haven't done voice work because I have a is weird it, is annoying this, voice. Uh, like on camera? Yeah, yeah, on camera stuff. Oh wow! And so I'm trying to be at Star Wars, Jonathan. Uh, and so, so great. I, I've got this reel that I've been recutting for a while now. And at first, your 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 impulse is to like here's a variety of all the different things I've done. Yeah. So you can yeah, be like, yeah. I can do this. I can do this. I can do drama and comedy. But like you said, that like I said, this is a lesson I just learned. So you just high octane pinged. I was like, it's right. Is <laughs> the when you show 
such a variety, then they're like, we need a funny guy. And you're showing me you can do funny, sad, mad, glad, all these things. It's like, but we need funny. So it's like, the the more precise you can be, it seems like that's a better way to go because it's a business. You got to sell yourself for the yes. role. And yeah. if they're like, we need a funny guy. Well, here's a bunch of funny things. Oh, okay, okay. But if you've got like a scene where you're just breaking down crying, you're like, ugh, we're kind of looking for something a little lighter. Like, no, but I can do all of it. So yeah, well, that, yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing, like in Tootsie, you know, where you go, yes. I can be shorter, I can be taller. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Want someone else. You know, yeah, you know, that's what it comes down to. Yep. So I think I think that's great advice. That like find, because your voice is your voice. You can do a ton of things, but you've also everyone's got range. You can't go outside of your range without your voice does what it does. So you can't be like, I'm all of a sudden going to be this super deep baritone and be believable with it. It's like, no, we can tell you're kind of stretching your throat a little bit. And I'll be like, yeah, you're right. And professionals right. know what they're listening for. They listen to voices all day long. So you're not going to fool them. So, yeah, I think, right. that's, I think that's a... I think that's great advice. And, you know, and people, you know, as you age, you know, you can reinvent yourself. You definitely True. Can do that. You can do it anyway. Like even in, in the stuff that I do is the fact that it's to branch out to different genres, also to branch out to different mediums. I've been cast in doing narration. I, I love documentaries, but mm -hmm. I said, how'd you find me? And they go, we were on Audible and we heard your voice. Ooh. And it's a different medium. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of space for crossover. I agree. When you're in VO. Where you can do, I know some people that do audiobooks, but they also do um, animation. Sure, you know quite a few. Some of them, some of them, uh, a great, great audio guy named uh, audiobook narrator named Dion Graham mm -hmm. does a lot of film too. But he also does uh, document. He does. He has a series that he that he. I think it's the uh, the next forty eight something like that. Oh yeah, it's a crime a crime show. So yeah, he does yeah. that. But he does a lot of audiobooks. Really? And there's some celebrities, you know, celebrities now are starting to, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, there actually, there are some A-list celebrities that really love doing audiobooks. Yeah. I was uh, very fortunate. I was in, uh, in honored to be inducted in the Audible Hall of Fame yeah, you a couple were. of years ago. And, but there's some, you know, Alan Cumming was too. Yeah. And Ed, Ed Herman, Edward Herman Damn. and uh, Jim Dale. You know, but Jim Dale, my God, you know, before doing Harry Potter and all those audiobooks, I mean, the people know him for. Yeah. He's a composer and an actor. And, you know, he wrote Georgie Girl. And, you know, he's just a famous, iconic man. But he did. So, you know, there are people that you, you can. I, I guess what I'm saying is a lot of people are finding they're crossing over from what they're doing because they really like audiobooks. There's some guys that I always see that do a lot now. Who are like, I'm wondering like, well, they don't need to be doing this, but they do it because they love it. Like Will Patton and Will Wheaton. Right. And Richard Armitage from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Uh, Speaking he does of a ton of audiobooks. Yeah. You know? I mean, these these guys, why do they do it? Because they love it. Because it's fun. They love it. Not everybody does. There's some some other film actors that come in and, you know, it's too tough. Yeah, because I, I it's bet. it's a marathon and they can't do it, you know, and you'd be surprised, you know, people that are really great film actors and, you know, theater actors, too. But, you know, them from film and they come in and they're not that good. Sure. You know, they, they're not going to because it's a different medium. One hundred percent. Yeah. But anyway, that's yeah. I mean, it's just great to to. I guess in the end, embrace who you are and always try to evolve. And what I was going to talk about reinventing is like. On, on camera, doing on camera, like uh, Michael Chiklis, who I admire. Greatly. Oh, yeah. 
who was the commish, and then suddenly he transformed himself. He didn't want to be that anymore, and he became Vic Mackey on The Shield, and it's a completely different character. But it's him. It's still him. It's organically him. He just – he changed himself in a way. Right, right. Or you'll see actors from the Brat Pack days who now they're they're in their 50s, and they have to reinvent themselves, and they do. It's true. It's true. As long as you can, like, keep rolling with the ball because it's going to keep going. And, like, that's another thing with, like, acting as well is, like, as you get older, you get different roles. You're not going to play the dad at 22, you know? That's right. But when you get older, then you're like, oh, I have this new – like, I remember there was this one podcast I was listening to where they – it was with Tom Hiddleston. And he he was joking about how he was the wrong age for Harry Potter because he was too old to be a student but too young to be a teacher. When they were oh, happening, wow! And it kind of made me laugh because I'm like, "Oh, you're right. Age is very much a part of what what you have access to, and it's more believable when you've got that prerequisite. Where like you can, you have this in you already. Sometimes it's just age, and then with the skill on top of it, you can you have that option to reinvent yourself over and over yeah. again. And yeah. people are complicated, so you got a lot in you, you know. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that you're playing dark side characters, we might need to talk about. You know, oh, if sure. It, if it's inside of you and they keep calling you for it and you've played villains, what's going on, Jonathan? Well, villains are fun. <laughs> Come on. You're like, I don't call them villains. Villains are great. Who wants to play heroes? It's true. That's what I I've mean, heard a I lot. Mean, I mean, no, some heroes are, are a damn lot of fun. But, you know, I think that the, because these days most heroes are anti-heroes. It's true. So that's a little different. I agree. You know, I mean, there's a gray area. Do you see the door opening for you? <laughs> you're like I've been be a an anti-hero. Yeah, you're like I've been a villain for so long, but the waters are getting muddied. Sure, <laughs> sure. Well, listen. Whenever I, whenever I, but like when I played Bane or when I was doing that book, I mean, yeah. the fact is, in many ways, you you know, whoever you're doing, mo- most most characters, the interesting villains or in quote quote in quote villains yeah. are the ones that are gray, you know, that are doing it for specific, that they don't, they don't see themselves as villains specifically. It's true. It's true. You know, they see themselves as advancing something. Right. Right. Or you know, in, in a way. Yeah. They're, yeah, not, they're or, not twirling their mustache over breakfast. No, no. I mean, that's what, uh, so what makes Kylo Ren so fascinating. Agreed. You know, now after we're looking at him specific, you know, I'm thinking of others, you know, or, or Vader, you know, yeah. obviously, You're right. you know, so Anakin Vader. So, you know, yeah, I mean, you know that you, I th- I think I think in many ways villains tend to be more interesting. Well, you as know, Jedi more Brian, I can't yeah. agree with you. So, oh, you, oh, <laughs> I'm just saying I got to stick to my guns here. You know, <laughs> I have a reputation to uphold. Even... Okay, <laughs> dude, that's so. Yeah. Funny. Can you believe we've been talking for over an hour? No, I I, I don't even have a clock near me, so Boom. I have no idea. Try an hour and twenty minutes. Ho ho. Oh Dude, this was really fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, before I forget, where can people find you online? Uh, hey, well, Jonathan, you're awesome. Well, I, I'm I'm actually recreating my website, so I don't have it. It's not active right perhaps? now, but I do. Yeah, reinvent <laughs> exactly. I gotta get new new shots, you know, and everything. But but uh, really, um, uh, I don't do Twitter right now. So I'm I'm really the one place would be through Facebook. You can, you yeah. know, you can get Jonathan Davis narrator. Love it. And uh, it's on there. And I usually keep updates of the kind of work that I'm doing. And soon, soon I'll have other, I'll have the website up so I can, I can direct people there. there but go. that's where I can be found right now. 
you know, Sweet. I'm Jonathan Davis narrator. Yeah, you are. Check out Master and Apprentice and Dooku Lost and the other 1,000 things you've done. <laughs> That's such a high number. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, for real. Dude, thanks for coming on. This was so much fun. I hope Thank you had a good Thank you so time. much, Brian. It's been a great time. Right on. And... friends thank you so much for listening to this episode of the interesting podcast if you'd like to follow the show it is at pod of interest on twitter if you'd like to follow me i'm at jedi brian on all social media sites as well as brianbalance.com that is balance with two l's if you enjoyed this episode please share it and tell your friends let them know we've got some cool stuff going on over here speaking of cool stuff we now have merch that's right just search the interesting podcast on t public to get some sweet gear also i've made a patreon so if you'd like to support the show and get access to other exclusive shows, you can now do that at patreon.com slash JediBrian. On that note, special thanks to Chris, Ben, Jim, Daz, Kelly, Daryl, Logan, and Victor. Your support means everything, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. So until next time, be well. <laughs>